your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to, well, it feels like a Monday, all right? It's Tuesday. Plug my headphones in, and let's turn your mic on, Mark. <laughs> Mark Newman, city council member, joining me in studio today. We're going we're gonna to see what kind of trouble we can get into, Mark. Um, you're just pointing this out. You were, you were going to study up for the show today, and instead you decided to play hooky and go to a protest Oh yeah. Or what was it a protest or what are you calling it a rally? It seems like a protest, well, right? It was no. it was a presser. You know, we got some uh, media interest down in Ferryville and it was concerning uh, an operator of a cafe that wants to expand his operation and the folks that were down there were interested to know why we can't have an environmental impact statement or um, impact study done before we expand the uh, potential pollution of a whole environment with uh, leftovers from pig, uh, pig and hog uh, raising in concentrated uh, operations. All right, so is this, this, this thing is going to be built or is already there or we want to, what's... So, yeah, so they are, there's already an operation and the issue is to expand it, essentially double it, mm-hmm. okay. and then we're going to have a lot more output. And as you can imagine, the big big deal with these CAFOs is that they produce a lot of leftover, essentially, uh, pig shit. Party gets put onto land as a form of fertilizer, but it can only go on at certain times of the year, so you have to store it in the meantime until it can be distributed. We, we, we call it pig bleep. That's oh, what we do. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, pig bleep. <laughs> Mark Newman, first time, first timer on the radio here. Uh, Mark, okay, so let's let's just get to know you real quick a little bit. Uh, you obviously, uh, well, you're not, and maybe not obviously, but you're a new city council member. What's your, do you know your? Is it called your district? Essentially, your your district. Yeah, we're District 13 district on the 13. south end of town. All right, so you're District 13. Uh, you ran. You ran. Uh, let me think. Who did you run against? Do you remember? Uh, it was an open seat. Oh, it was the open yep. seat. So yep. you, it, Roger, so you, Roger Christians was our um, alderman uh, prior to this past election, and um, he uh, let it be known that he didn't want to run again. So it was uh, myself and uh, Chauncey Turner who said, "Well, let's let's go ahead and." Oh, okay. So get, you 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 did have a race. It just it, yeah. it wasn't against a uh, whatever the word an is. incumbent an incumbent there yeah was no and, incumbent. Yep. and if it, if nobody knows Mark Newman from that Mark Newman also ran against Ron Kine for Congress. You started big and then you went small. Usually people go the other way around, but now you can kind of you can work backwards again. You, and now you can start at city council. Do you have uh, any inkling to run again? Whether or not Ron Kine runs for the the third district seat in Congress is up in the air. But you you kind of you're thinking about it again, right? Well, my biggest issue in 2020 was that we asked all of our electorates, you know, the people who vote come out and do something at the polls. And so we have our primary election in the middle of August. And uh, if there's only one name on the ballot, that doesn't give anybody anything to do. Mm-hmm. So the plan was uh, we'll, we'll have a second name on that ballot, which we did, and then we'll engage in a conversation, which is what we want to do in order to make our representative democracy have a chance. We have to have a conversation, different points of view, and I do have different points of view than our current congressman, Mr. Kind. Yeah, I would say Ron Kind is a uh, right-leaning Democrat. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I think you came in with a, a little bit more left-leaning. 
And then Derek Van Orden, who ran against Kine on the Republican ticket, is a very right-leaning Republican. I, would you call him very right-leaning? Or I guess I don't. Once we get to the to the right and Republican, there's well, it's hard I, to, to. It's it's so hard these days to know. I mean, there is a very uh, tradition. There's a long tradition of conservative thinking, but a lot of times what we see today in the um, like Mr. Van Orden in in that that party is not so traditionally conservative anymore it's hard to even know what van orden is standing for except you'll just say second amendment like do stuff like that and what and what ron kind isn't doing or shouldn't be doing or is doing like he most of his most of his campaign was attack ron kind but nothing like well, what are you, what are you, Van Orden, going to do? It, it, it would be interesting to see if Ron Kine doesn't run. It, you know, and if let's just say Van Orden and you ran against each other, well, he's going to have a hard time attacking you. Well, therefore, he's going to have to have some some sort of platform. So. You know, I had a really good encounter as I was thinking about running last year. Mm-hmm. It was a couple of year long process of thinking about it, making plans. What am I going to stand for? What do I have to say? And in that process, I had a meeting with one of our substantial, prominent, um, I had a breakfast meeting with one of our prominent GOP uh, politicians locally. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I I remarked was when we made our plan to get together, sure, we should get together. We all want, in the end, to have an improved and greater quality of life for our community. Right. Now, that's, I think, conservative. But then when you're just sitting there attacking and carrying on and trying to elicit emotions and getting people inflamed, I don't call that true conservatism, and I certainly don't see how it's a benefit to our community. Okay. Um, yeah, I, 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 oftentimes I was like, I had Van Orden on once, and it was a lot of that. And then it was, okay, can we steer the conversation you know, into in some kind of ground where we could talk about the issues at hand Mm. um but it was it was pretty hard he's you know that's that's his angle and it works right that emotion works for for a lot of people it's easy that's easy politics just to get people flamed up you know the emotion that human beings can we can elicit the easiest is fear Mm -hmm. because we're survivalists i mean we're a species that survived for hundreds of thousands of years and any species has to first of all react to fear to react to threat and so that emotion is deep in our primal brain, and if you can hook it, it's easy to do, and it's, an, it's a cheap way to try to be uh, politically active, in my mind. Now, when you, when, when you debate against Ron Kine, what, were those, what did you think of those debates? Now, looking back, did, did you think, yeah, I could have did this or that better? Yeah, oh, of course. I mean, you, did he even <laughs> debate you? I guess I can't even yeah, remember. Yeah we, yeah. yeah, we were on, um, uh, what is it? Uh, the uh, Wisconsin Eye, yep. and it was, I think it was a great time. Um, I, I, I would say even after that um, encounter and sharing our, our perspectives, that I actually grew in my appreciation of Mr. Kind and, and um, the situation he's in trying to serve us. But uh, obviously I have some other ideas about what we could do better for our community, and particularly I'm a strong advocate for single-payer health care. How many times did you call him? You're just name him, like Pelosi puppet. Did you throw that at him? A couple. No, we no. <laughs> That's Mark Newman. He's our city council member on the south side here in La Crosse. We're gonna get into the FMP budget a little bit. I, I think, like I said, Mark did this uh, this protest today about a pig farm on the uh, where, in Fairyville. 
in Ferryville. So yep. Cro- Crawford just, County. Okay, so um, so in Iowa is Iowa Ferryville? No, no, Fairy- it's right down oh. right down the. Uh, inter- I mean the um, US yeah, it's, 35. It's, it's uh, you had to you had to drive by the closed coal plant, I think, to get there, right? You probably did that. Right. That closed down today officially. Yeah. Oh, really? I yeah. was wondering why there was nothing coming. The Genoa plant. I guess uh, Brad Williams in the newsroom. He talked to the CEO there at Dairyland Power. He said, ah, actually, we ran out of coal last month. It's been closed for a month, but they officially shut it down today. Okay. So that was kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, when I drove by there, I didn't see anything coming out of the stack. I always drive by there and think about the uh, nuclear w- reactor waste or whatever there's some nuclear stuff in the wall you know what let's put the nuclear stuff right next to uh the mississippi river let's do that i always scratch my head when we do that but anyway uh brad's got his dude in news we'll be back with mark newman city council member after this all right welcome back to lacrosse talk pm 608-785-7914 you're just gonna have to text me today if you got questions for mark newman he's a city council member he ran against ron kind for the Democratic seat for the Democratic primary. nomination primary. in right. Congress. The August no. 11th primary, 2020. In the primary, yes. And uh, what else do you do? You're, you, you're a retired doctor, but in what, what field? Oh, yeah. So I practiced the pediatric critical care medicine at Gunderson uh, from 2010 until 19, 2019. So you had to deal with kids from zero to... Yeah, so um, so it wasn't the neonatal unit. Okay, the, the my premature, friend works in the neonatal Right, the premature yep. infants. No, I was in uh, the pediatric critical care, so yeah, um, anytime after birth up until 18, age 18. Okay, um, so that, that helped you handle a lot of people that during a debate or uh, if you go out and <laughs> talk, to, talk to some people when you're running for Congress, I'm sure you get a lot of... Uh, you know, I hope that it helped me to practice that are listening <laughs> right listening because when you're standing there at three o'clock in the morning with a very sick child and an extremely worried family the most important thing you want to do is to be a good listener because people are anguishing are you uh are you made itchy today when you come in here and i was i played volleyball for like nine hours outside yesterday no sunscreen my face is falling off i'm sure um, are you made itchy being a, a doctor and like, Rick, you're, you're probably going to have skin cancer. Rick, you know, I was never very good at uh, dermatology <laughs> and rashes and things, but you better take that basal yeah. cell right there on your nose and get some attention there. Uh, um, and, and you, you were at a, at a, a protest today about a, 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 pay, a factory farm. I think, do we just call it a pig farm? Is there a, is there a fancy name for it? You were calling it something, but I wasn't sure what you were saying. Uh, so it's a concentrated animal fig, uh, feeding operation. Okay. Yeah. And you had, but you had a nice hat, sun hat on. Essentially, you had like your your not not your Indiana Jones type hat, but essentially like your safari hat on. So you weren't getting sunburned. No, there you are. See, <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is interesting to me. This thing is uh, so the we can go back to this a little bit. The fact that um, they're thinking of, of doubling the size of a factory farm, but farming this is probably one of those things when you're running for Congress, you're running against Ron Kahn. That's one of the things he's always. You know, or one of the things when anyone's running around here is, you know, we got to help the farmers and we got to do good. It's always very general about helping the farms and it's never, you know, but I'm like, okay, I get it. We all need to help the farmers. We could just say that for any, pretty much anyone. We got to help the, insert your job here, you know, uh, essential workers or whatever. But it's never, it's, it's never specific. And a lot of times I think, you know, if we want to help these small farms, then we would need to. Um, get rid of the factory farms or regulate the factory. I mean, we're playing with Walmart and mom and pop shops when it comes to farms, right? Like uh, those factory farms are the Walmarts. We, nobody likes Walmarts until they need something at, you know, 
four in the morning and then go there. But uh, versus the mom and pop shop or the or the small small you know the small time farms, um, I don't know. Do you see it that way, or do you see do you see it a different way? Well, I, I think sometimes what we end up is uh, a struggle between property rights and human rights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you think about us being born, your, your, your mother brought you to the world, uh, her strongest desire is that you will thrive, that you will be a healthy human being if live a full life. So you have a birthright to be healthful. And, but it's in competition many times with people's notion of property rights which is also real important to all of us because that's where we create, you know, our sort of substance in the world. Uh, We make something of ourselves. But these properties that we acquire and that we try to develop, and when we make an operation like a feeding operation, they have all kinds of externalities. In other words, it's not isolated in this uh, little uh, private space. But it lives in a community, and the operation has all... kinds of externalities, sort of leftover stuff, like I was re- referring to, you know, the extra pig beep, as you alluded yeah, to. Pig, it. Yeah. it has to go somewhere. And so we have to be responsible because there's people next door that are trying to live their high-quality life. And so when we have these uh, private operations, we have to recognize that it's not just what I do in the confines of my operation, but how that integrates into the whole community so that we can all have quality lifestyle, quality life experience, and uh, that we take charge of our leftovers. And um, that's what we have a DNR for, to help us to do that. Right. And, and the uh, the factory farm that wants to double here, this this pig feeding operation, farm, operation um, if, if they didn't have any regulations, they'd probably just do whatever they can to maximize profit there and... and and that would that wouldn't be great for the, for anything downriver, essentially, right? I suppose it's possible that someone would act that way, but sometimes uh, I, I wouldn't say necessarily that that's automatic. When somebody develops, a, you know, a venture, that they're going to just offload all of their extras on everybody else. But it, it does help to have some reminders and regulations that come from the community, from our government, which is us, by the way in order to remind people that you can't just offload your leftovers to everybody else to pick up. And that's what you guys were down there for? Essentially not that, but just the, the idea that we need the DNR to step in and to look at what's going to be what's Ex- proposed. Oh, right? yeah, that's great. I mean, it would be wonderful for uh, a full environmental impact study to be performed. In other words, let's scientifically look at the risks that this will pose to all of us living in Crawford County. And downriver, you know, if yeah. it ends up in the Mississippi or the Kickapoo. Well, we shouldn't care about that then, lacrosse, you know, whatever. Do <laughs> well, what you, you don't want. let it braid a sheen. But, <laughs> but anyway, you see what I'm saying? We have the capacity, uh, science, you know, scientific uh, geological understanding. The, part of the problem with the driftless is we have this uh, karsh, karsh uh, geology, which is limestone or carbonates, and what's on the surface has a easy way of sort of percolating through mm-hmm. uh, the uh, limestone, the, the carbonates, and then it gets into the sand aquifer underneath, which is good drinking water that we all enjoy. But once the surface water has percolated through that uh, uh, porous uh, limestone and it gets into the sandstone aquifer that is good water, it stays there. It, we're not talking seven generations here. We're mm-hmm. talking centuries. 
And so we don't want to ruin that because it's not going to just go away. It's not just today that people are going to suffer. It's the great, 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 great grandkids are going to also regret that somebody back in 2021 wasn't more thoughtful. We're talking to Dr. Mark Newman, uh, pediatric something. What are we? Pediatric critical care. And also geologist, apparently. There you go. Did you learn about this all this morning? Did you become an expert this afternoon? Or did you? Is this something you've been looking into for quite a while? It sounds like you know what you're talking about. Well, we got buffed up this afternoon. Put it that way. All right. Um, I want to get into the F&P budget. We only got a couple of minutes before we got to take another break. But um, a couple of things that look so. So I, I like to just bring this up every week when it's committee week. We have committee week and then we have city council week is next week. Yep. And, in, and before I really started paying attention to this in my head, city council week, we have the city council meeting on Thursday. And I just think of the TV show Parks and Rec, whether or not you've, you've seen that. But when when uh, they, they'll do like city council meetings essentially but their park board meetings or parks and rec meetings where the the city will come in and and uh you know it'll be a hundred people and they'll all be mad about whatever the the government is trying to do whatever the parks and rec people are trying to do and but it's always crazy people that have you know just astronomical ideas and it's it's a comedy show obviously um so in my head part of what i think the city council meeting on thursday is people come and complain to the city council about whatever you're trying to do that week whatever you're trying to pass but what I've learned is the city council meeting on Thursday is kind of said and done. What actually needs, the, the if we want the crazies to come in and, and yell at you guys on the city council, we need to do it a week before in these committee meetings. And maybe maybe even before that, there's probably all kinds of committees. But the big ones uh, happen on Tuesday and Thursday. So tonight there's one, the, um, let me get them, I'm going to get them straight here. The Judiciary and Administration Committee is tonight. It's at the Southside Neighborhood Center at 6 p.m. So there's a whole bunch of things. You know what? I didn't even open that. It would have been smart to open that one, and we could have talked about that one. But you're on F&P Commission, which is Finance and Personnel Committee. Or I said commission, but committee. And that's on every Thursday before the city council meeting. And these are the times where the public can come and kind of sway you guys or give you an opinion or just say, hey, this is important and an important issue. You're, and you're kind of learning this as a first-time city council member too, right? Yeah, I sure am. And, you know, it's even cooler than that. Uh, the real time to get involved is even before it gets to the standing committees. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some 40 committees, uh, boards, uh, uh, commissions, and citizens. Some of them are completely staffed by citizens and city staff. And this is where opinions can be uh, public at public hearings can be aired. And all. And this is the time that as a as a citizen, you're going to have the strongest voice to get on the ground floor. Uh, of a particular issue that could be of concern to you. And then from these, from these committees and uh, boards, it percolates up to the standing committees, and then from the standing committees it goes to the Common Council. By the time it gets to the Common Council, we're kind of hoping that we've already done all this conversation and discussion, yeah. and that you know it's, it's been checked and double-checked, triple-checked, and that we don't have to get into a drag-out something or another because it's almost like, well, we didn't do our job getting it that far right that's mark newman we're going to talk about the city council a little bit more after this scott's comment coming up brad doing the news we'll be back all right welcome back to lacrosse talk pm 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line mark newman's in with in studio with me this hour uh we're we're, we're grooming him here to to have you you, you want to come back sometime i'd like to i'd like to get uh, you know, you guys on, you know, we, we uh, the, there's a broad range of things that you could talk about from, from being at Gunderson and then running for Congress and all, and obviously being in the city council, but you're like a rookie city council member. So you don't even know 
how how when when you when you first start to dive into the city council um you mentioned that there's like 40 did you say 40 committees and what i you know i i knew that but i didn't know that like when you say it you're like oh yeah that's right as a journalist like oh yeah that's right we have to cover 40 committees you know like it's kind of overwhelming was was any of this overwhelming when you first started to uh get in that you're like man congress is nothing compared to what the lacrosse city council is like well, I, you just start, and you start meeting people, and you start getting going to these meetings. A lot of times what I'll do, it's not my meeting. I just listen in to find out what the issues are that are being talked about in a particular committee or board. And another thing to do is to be sure to get around and meet, meet our city um, employees, the folks who, you know, the managers in the various departments, and to find out their perspective. And I always conclude uh, my meeting with one of the managers, like, and you're, from your perspective, what makes a good council member? You know, what, what do you need from us in order to do your job better for the citizens of La Crosse? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of been my uh, approach to try learning as quickly as I can what goes into this job. Now, you're on the south side of La Crosse. Did you say 13, District 13? 13, there's yep. thir- is there There's 13, 13 council yep. members. So you're, you're the last in line, not that, it, that, that you actually are. <laughs> um, is the fire station going up down there is there's that the... one there is a plan for one down there yeah okay. right on well it'd be down kind of around that corner of uh, mormon and uh, 33rd okay so what's have you gotten any feeling on what people are feeling on that or not or not really um yeah i haven't explored that with any of my constituents but you know one of the things that i loved about this campaign is there's maybe a thousand households in the 13th district mm-hmm. and so back uh december 31st, I said, well, I'm going to go campaign, and I started walking the streets, and I um, got to meet people, and it was it was cool. It was really cool, and now my um, my consular, you know, chief consular in life, my, my uh, wife is like, Mark, you got to get out back on the street and start meeting people at the door and ask them, you know, how we doing? What's going on? Yeah. Something I'd love to do. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, COVID's kind of uh, a, a little bit in the backseat now I, I would say you know we're at we're at like the 50 percent mark of getting people vaccinated so um but in my book it's like ah, it's over i got vac- vaccinated myself so whatever um but you can you can start to feel a little bit more comfortable doing that i was just gonna say hey you you did it to get elected maybe you should do it to um now that you are elected to go door to door but do you hold uh i think a couple other i i, I you know some of the facebook pages y'all made uh, during the campaign are still active and they're still posting, Hey, I'm going to have a, you know, a, a district meeting here or there. Right. Have you thought about doing stuff like that? Or maybe you have already. Right. No, I haven't had that, but um, I was hearing from one of, you know, some of the folks I visited at their homes that they would, would uh, relate back to me, their experience of having been to meetings like that mm-hmm. and how it was meaningful to them. Sometimes they felt like, well, we had that meeting and then nothing came of it. Well, I guess that's the job to carry it on. But, that's that's a real important thing to do and um, something I'd look forward to. And then also we have to remember that we also have our uh, neighborhood associations. Yeah, that's what I think maybe that's part of what the, right. the meetings I see on there. You guys have uh, those things going on. Train Park in your district? I, when you say south side, I have no yeah, idea what the south side is. So I'm not sure what you mean. Is that the, oh, the, the, the All park? Abilities Park? The, uh, the, the four... Uh, Kids, it's essentially a park for anybody with any ability from, from, uh, you know, I, I, what am I, right, autis, I autism yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and stuff like that. Well, it sounds like one I'd love to well, see. Well, it's going to open on Thursday. So yep. uh, I was, I, I got to sneak in there with Jared Flick from the Parks and Rec 
and uh, it's pretty cool. Like the 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 ground is. I haven't walked on the moon lately, but it's it's kind of has that walking on the <laughs> oh, moon sure. or a gymnast floor routine. If if you ever been on a gymnastics floor, it's yeah. very bouncy. So it's everything's crunchy, very. Yeah. I think you know. So I can fall off all the things, but there's tons of slides. I'm gonna put up a, a slideshow here in a, either tomorrow or the next day, just on on everything that's in there. But their their grand opening is on. I think at 4 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, just to kind of show it off, and it's and it's really cool. And I, you know what? I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll try to like make you talk, and I'll pull the map up. Um, but uh, but it looks. I, I'm not sure if it's in your district. It's just. I just know it's kind of kind of by the A and W somewhere. I don't know if they the A&W It's a little the north south. for me. Yeah, it's probably a little bit. Yeah, I saw that the announcement for that, but I think I have a conflict. There's another meeting at that time in the afternoon on Thursday. And then, then of course, the F&P is it starts at 6. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. So um, how, ma- how many other things as a city council member do you end up going, oh, you know what, I have to do that, I have to look into that, and, and just uh, other responsibilities? Well, um, I'm just learning as we go. You know, the, the notion is that I think the council's supposed to be well, ultimately, it's where we're able to develop our policy for our community. Mm-hmm. And so we want to be an, an opportunity for all the voices to be heard, to be recognized, for people to feel that they are respected. And that, so that is the ultimate job, I think, of the council member, to make sure that you're doing everything you can so that our constituents know that somebody is there to hear them and to carry that voice into that decision-making process uh, for the city. There's other people who run the city. Uh, they get paid for that. And the, the policies that we as a community establish and that the mayor as our CEO uh, sort of leads the, and gives the, 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 gives the spirit to to, mm-hmm. to to lead us forward with these policies, um, they're executed by um, our wonderful city workers uh, devoted to doing a good job. What was harder, running for city council or running for uh, Congress against Ron Kine? Oh, I mean, my God. It's harder to, to walk the 3rd District or than the 13th District. You know, it's, com- it's a completely different thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's completely different. Um, being able to meet people is, that's the cream of the, la creme de creme. You know, okay. that is, that's the place you want to be. But if you remember 2020, what June, was that German there, or what were you doing there? I don't the creme de I don't. Uh, you know, the French. You know, oh, like French. The cream, okay. the cream. Of I know. The cream, I know cream. that. Yeah. Uh, but then, but if you remember June, July 2020, yeah. What were we doing? Yeah, we weren't doing that. We weren't going out and meeting folks. Well, and, Dan Kapenke was, and then eventually people were like, "Dude, you're not wearing a mask at any of these things." He was running for state senate, yeah. and then you because his Dan Kapenke's social media, social media. Uh, plan was to just show him throughout the district at people's houses campaigning. I'm here, I'm there, I'm out in the field, there's corn, look at farm, pro farm. And then eventually people were like, hey, you're not wearing a mask at any of these people's houses. And then it was Dan Kopecky either holding a mask or wearing a mask. So it kind of evolved from there. But um, yeah, but nobody, not a lot of people were at least, if you were going to door to door, it maybe was knocking the door and kind of step back and be like, hey, you know, I, do you, do you want to talk? Uh, how do you do that safely? But you probably weren't even doing that, huh? No, not last summer. No, no, it, because we were learning a lot uh, about this pandemic and about the virus and how it's it's just been a continuous revelation. It's like the virus continues to throw new curveballs at us mm-hmm. as a, as a human species on this planet. You know, we're hearing about the new strains and their increased um, 
ability to be transmitted respiratory-wise. So, you know, the, the, the approach is to be as, you know, be more conservative in your precautions than to be just um, making it up and taking the risk. Because it's not necessarily my risk, but it's the risk I'm imposing on somebody else. And to tell you the truth, the one that really scares me is the, you know, long-haul COVID. Yeah. That you end up having a perturbation of your immune response that carries on. And that, that form of being ill is not very attractive at all. Yeah, people always, you know, if you want to get into the COVID thing just a little bit, the, you know, if you, you want to see the fight, it's always only, only less than 1% of people die from the virus. And I'm always like, well, a lot of people, you know, I think four, some 4% go to the hospital mm-hmm. and some, you know, how many, what percent ends up with these long haul, uh, whatever you call, what did you call them? Long haul vi- uh, yeah. side effects. Well, uh, long haul COVID or long haulers, you know, you end up with, they call it brain fog or, you know, well, you pain, lo- pain, pain, or pain you syndrome, lose your, so. or you lose your taste or you have migraines the whole time. Just yeah. a lot of these things. And I'm like, you know, the death thing is you're di- you're done, you're dead. So that's that sucks. And, and sure, it only happens to a certain percentage of like a very low percentage of people. But if you're affected by the virus, where you end up in the emergency room, well, none of us have health care, or not a lot of us have health care. That's not okay. Well, the bill first is going to be a fight. You're deductible, whatever that is, and it's probably going to eat that up because I think the the stay if you got it into the hospital was a couple of days at least. If you ended up in the emergency room, and that's going to be that's going to be a couple thousand dollars right off the bat, I would imagine my five thousand dollar deductible for health insurance is going to be gone in a in a in a couple of days. Right. Yeah. This the system that we have with our private health health insurance providers. Uh, these guys, there's mixed incentives there because the people who are providing the private health insurance policies. They have a business plan that's pretty simple. Take the benefits, I mean, take the uh, premiums that they receive from their would-be beneficiaries and then look for ways to not have to pay too many of those benefits out, back out. And even before the uh, Accountable Care Act, there there could be some private insurance. Affordable Care Act? The Affordable Care Act. Yeah, sorry, Affordable Care uh, ACA. Before that, um, some... Insurance providers, they might say, well, you know, I've only got a medical loss ratio of 65%. That means out of all that we take in, we only pay 65% back out to the benefit of our um, covered insurance. The quote-unquote benefit, and the, the get, people and that get are the suffering. Words, get the words there. They call it a loss ratio. In yeah. other words, from our perspective, in our business plan, we're losing money there when we pay out what we said we were going to pay yeah. out. And so the plan is find ways, and that's why it gets so complicated, you know, with a call, your physician calling in and asking for permission to do a test or to do a treatment. And it's just, well, anyway, with the Accountable Care Act, we, um, we, we raised that so that now an insurance provider has to provide at least 80 or 85% of their intake on their premiums mm-hmm. back as payout to the beneficiaries. But even there, you have how much loss? Well, then the, the difference then goes to uh, the people on the call center taking these calls. The CEO <laughs> is still going to make his millions. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, do, I did have a couple of questions here. I want to – one's really long, so I might take a break to read that. But uh, North Side Kent, so opposite of you, he's on the north side. And he's mad at you a little bit, it looks like. Why are you hanging out in Ferryville worrying about pig crap when you should be taking care of issues in La Crosse? The DNR can handle the pig farm. 
Oh, is, is this? Oh, this is yes, a comment this is that the came text. Yeah, I got a text. Oh, from it. cool. Uh, well, um, the DNR is um, designed to do that to 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 serve the people of Wisconsin by doing these inquiries. It's underfinanced and it's understaffed currently, from what it was, you know, years in the past, mm-hmm. and what is being proposed by our gov- governor right now in his new budget. So we're working with. Uh, an understaffed service to the people of Wisconsin to try to do this, and sometimes that means that the optimal work that could get done just doesn't get done. But uh, this fellow was wondering why I would go there instead of staying here. You always have to be in lacrosse. You're on the city. You can't worry about anything else in the world. Only lacrosse issues. You're on the city council. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if this before, pig farm, be- if this pig farm was in on Alaska, you would you could argue that it's eventually going to flow down to your side but this right. is south of us so we shouldn't care about, about i don't have to farms. i don't have to toot my own horn but before i went down to fairyville i was li- i was listening in on one of our committee meetings and when i came back from fairyville i was doing the same thing so <laughs> i kind of managed to squeeze it in there. you know if you record those meetings you can re- listen to them in the car too on the way maybe you were doing oh that yeah too. you can put them on your uh yeah if you get um if you get your cell tower reception, you can do it that way. That's <laughs> well, right. that's another issue that's yeah. going through yeah, the yeah. city right now. The yeah, yeah. Verizon want to put a tower in Riverside Park. All right, we've got to take one more quick break. We'll be back with Mark Newman after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Mark Newman in the studio with me. F&P meeting on Thursday, your second one. Um, you, when you looked at it, you looked at it there. Did you see anything that was just really like, whoa, you know, this is – I mean, the – there's a couple of interesting things, but nothing like I, I don't really see anything so groundbreaking that uh, to, to single single out. Right, I, I I don't see any con- real controversial things here. Um, so, for example, resolution authorizing the Lacrosse Regional Airport to accept federal funds under the Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplementation Supplemental Appropriations Act. So, we're all familiar with the notion that our federal government is funneling support to our local governance, uh, county and, uh, well, state, county, and uh, city. And so this is a way for our city to recognize that in a formal way by presenting it as a resolution and then signing off on it so that those funds can be used in the way that they were um, intended. And the next resolution, 21071... well, with the airport, with the airport, if you get into the resolution, yeah. essentially the the city is going to accept 1.3 million in in COVID money right. for the airport, not the airlines, right. but the airport. Good point. And uh, it would be news maybe if uh, we decided not to just. Ex- there's no match. A lot of times these require a match. Jake, you we'll give you 1.3 million, but you have to match it. Uh, there's nothing there. It's just essentially the 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 COVID funding is going to come in. There's no match by the city. Uh, it might be news if if the the city council decided you know what we if you guys on Thursday said you know what we don't we don't want 1.3 million dollars you keep it because that's what we're doing at the state level right with with badger care kind of aren't Ooh. we kind of doing that or not Ooh, really? making the connection <laughs> I don't know and yeah. you only have like three four minutes well now you got yeah you got about four minutes to figure this connection out yeah um, well the point is that the fed, you know people asked me a year ago what. What is the best way to deal with COVID? And from a perspective of a retired physician, somebody who studied infectious diseases particularly and understands somewhat, I would say, substantially uh, public health, it's best to get the decision makers on the, on the local level. 
because the scenes are all different. Every, every community, every local locality, we're all different. We're not the same. And so for the federal government to say, we're going to make a, you know, a one-size-fits-all one plan for the whole country, um, that's nuts. It's not mm -hmm. going to fit. But rather to empower those on the local level to recover from this horrible experience that we've had for the last year and a half, we have to fight our way back. But we need to empower the people on the local level to be able to uh, meet the challenge where they see it. And as you know, our airport depends on use. And when the presence of the airliners landing there and paying their uh, ramp fees and their utiliza utilization fees, uh, that all dried up. We don't want to lose that facility, and the people that work there need to continue to take a paycheck home. So I'm sure that uh, Ian Turner is going to be able to do a good job in implementing the recovery um, from the stress that was placed on the airport during the uh, pandemic. A year Are we going to take that $1.3 and just divvy it up to all the workers there? Is that what we're going to do? <laughs> like that, that seems like you the know, best plan to me. When, I, when you talk about how the best to, to fight COVID, my plan early on, aside from what you're saying, we're saying two different things. Um, when we, we talk about, like, we got to give money to people. Like, mine was like, yeah, just give everyone a couple thousand bucks a month and, like, then, then we can shut it down. But, you know, I don't know if that would have ever worked, but the, the, the way we, we divvied out money seemed a, a little bit ridiculous, too. Mm -hmm. um, Lacrosse La County, and real quick here, uh, we're at 48.3% totally vaccinated. Okay. The state is at 42%. Okay. And then if you go to these counties, I'm looking at the map on there. Jackson County right next to us, 34%. Monroe, 33 They're kind of lower. Uh, Vernon, 40 you know, and we're again, we're at 48. So is, is La Crosse County way above the county surrounding it? Because there's Mayo, Weber Health, uh, Gunderson, and then a lot more vaccination clinics. Just it's easier to because I just walked over there. Or not, I just drove. It's four blocks and I walked in and I didn't even need an appointment and I got the vaccine. These other counties maybe that don't have that. They don't have that infrastructure. Well, yeah, there could, there certainly could be part of that. I mean, with La Crosse City in the middle of uh, La Crosse County, uh, we do have you know some of the urban resources that a, com uh, a county like Jackson may not have. You know, I think they have one of the uh, Spartas in Monroe. But you know, when you you don't have that nidus of uh, an urban center with a larger facility, but I think what really needs to get the biggest credit in La Crosse was our county health department, mm -hmm. and they had some great. Uh, leadership there and it wasn't so much what the county was doing by itself but by coordinating with other facilities with Mayo and with Gunderson and with the universities getting all of those uh, resources working together and I was watching that last year and my I was just uh, I have to say I, I was in awe and then the state grabbed her right they, they grabbed General Bosky and took her yeah, away yeah they took Jan away <laughs> All right, that's going to do it. Uh, Mark, thanks a lot for, for joining us. And, uh, you know, I think maybe one day we could we could deep dive into one of these issues, maybe when it, when it comes to your field, right, and, and health. And, and I think we could have a good conversation when we can actually have a conversation on the phone with callers. But I appreciate you coming on, and, and thanks a lot. And uh, have fun at the, uh, the, the F&P meeting on Thursday. Happy to be here with you and your friends. Thanks, Rick. All right, that's going to do it. We'll be back tomorrow.